afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. And I have a special guest today. Frank is watching the show. He he was like, I'm not going to be able to do much in this interview, so I'm going to watch. But I'm joined by the absolutely amazing Lee Smith, author of Plot Against the President and the Permanent Coup. Um, and Lee, thanks for thanks for being here today. Tracy, thank you for inviting me today. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. And of course, we were communicating during the course of the week as all sorts of bizarre stuff unfolded in real time in front of our eyes. So it's great to get a chance to speak, if not exactly face to face, then certainly <laughs> eye to eye. How's that? Agreed. Yes. So let's start there, Lee. I'm going to let you take the ball yeah. and run with this because... I don't know how kind I have been over the past week, so so I'll let well, you do I don't, Well, I don't know. I mean, we should probably, because there's probably some of your viewers who weren't following stuff that was going on Twitter and the news, so maybe I'll just, uh, maybe I'll just run it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I'll just run it down uh, for a minute or so. Please uh, stop me or correct me if I'm making mistakes. Um, it's actually pretty. It's actually pretty short. What what was happening this week is that a, a, a Substack quasi publication uh, printed a, a series of three different articles. The Substack is called Public. It's run by a guy named Michael Schellenberger, and they published a series of three different articles on RussiaGate. Every uh, every one of those stories was was promising new promising new. Uh, breaking information regarding details of Russiagate. And as it turns out, um, all of these stories had been uh, had all of these stories had come out before. Some of the uh, some of the new details were incorrect uh, or wrong. Uh, my understanding is that some of those details have since been corrected, though I'm not sure I was following some people on Twitter who was saying that, yeah, they they changed some of the facts they got wrong. I'm not sure about that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, the, the, uh, what I think what was, uh, troubling, most troubling was that while they were, while Michael Schellenberger, I don't know, we call him publisher of this, uh, outfit or what, um, or just owner of the Substack was, was that while he was saying, yes, it's, it's, it's building on work that other people have done and we're putting out new information. And in, in fact, they weren't providing new information and um, they were repackaging work that, that people have been doing dating back to, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know I started doing this stuff in December, 2016. So they were repackaging work that other people uh, have done. Uh, Tracy, uh, you at the at the at, at the very top of the list, if not the top of the list, um, but you know a whole bunch of people who've been working working this for uh, for a very long time, and, and they didn't they didn't put out new details, um, or the, there appear to be new details. Unfortunately, those new details aren't sourced. One of the things that you know, uh, Tracy, a lot of your audience will remember, and one of the reasons your audience loves you is because. I mean, this is the sheer amount of documents that we all poured through for years, and it was a, it was a terrific experience learning Russiagate. I mean, I've been a journalist for over thirty years, but doing Russiagate was a huge, um, it, it was a, a huge um, privilege to get to work with people like you and tons of other people because it really was a collaborative effort. But also, I think a lot of us learned about how really stories need to be reported. Again, I've been in journalism for a long time, but I never, you know, I never covered legal stuff or anything like that. I never, you know, really covered. Um, I never really had to sort through legal documents or find legal documents, and so it was a fascinating time. And there was a lot of work involved, and there was also, um, you know, there were other there were other pressures as well. First of all, is that you know the 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 mainstream the mainstream press was uh, was gaslit. They weren't gaslighting everyone. The mainstream press was part of the operation. Mm-hmm. This was the fundament. This was the fundamental issue. So it, it built something unique. Again, having a lot of experience in journalism, it built something unique because journalists really aren't collaborative. What <laughs> the problem with what Schellenberger did is that it's supposed to be protocol. 
protocol is to acknowledge work that has come, come before. And this is an important part of our conversation, I believe, as I've been thinking about it. Protocol, procedure, and process are very, very important things in journalism. Because if you don't follow these things, the institution breaks. You don't have an institution, right? You, you, you just have a Wild West show. And that's what we saw this week. It was a Wild West show. Um, and so journalism, there's protocol procedure. Your editors and you as a journalist are supposed to know when to give credit to other work, right? And to, and to, and to uh, acknowledge that. Because if you don't, it's not just that you look you look um, roguish, it's that people won't trust you because people will know that you've done something wrong and people won't trust your reporting. So these are important things for protocol, procedure, uh, and process. I just I just made these, the, the three PRs, I just made it up. Um, <laughs> we need to write a new manual. <laughs> so, yeah. But the important thing about Russiagate reporting that I've never experienced before is that there was this enormous enormous, not enormous, but a very large community, right? Of not just reporters, of um, of, of, of not, not just professional reporters, but people on Twitter, Anons, a whole bunch of people, you know, most famously, the guy that I, 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 I can't stop talking about since I first, you know, corresponded with him, but undercover Uber. Yep. So you had all these different people who were on there and you would go from anywhere from like undercover, undercover Uber, all the way to, um, you know, uh, Molly Hemingway, and all these people were, you know, were coordinating. Some yep. of the people were appearing on on Fox News, you know, and 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 then you had people who were anonymous who were contributing enormously. So it built this enormous community, and so I think that's another one of the things that happened this week. I think that people from that community feel that they were feel that they were and and my wife would give me a hard time if she would hear me talking about the community she says oh boy you sound like a woke dingbat <laughs> the, 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 the community of this she always jokes about the phrase the intelligence community it's like oh boy another community just like you know <laughs> what, what, you know whatever the the, the 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 girls with blue hair community but it, it built this enormous group and very, you know, very warm feelings. And people disagreed about a lot of other things and, and still do disagree. And people have different opinions and different theories, but everyone was contributing. So, oh, this, this from that document, this, yep. remember this. And, you know, you know, just you, we, we all knew people astonishing. Uh, Fool Nelson is another guy, just an incredible memory, access to all these things. So I think, I, I, those are the two things that I think that um, that were immediately felt this week that I know I felt, and I think you probably felt it too. First, that um, actual journalistic um, uh, standards were violated this week. One. The second is that we feel that um, that that a group that worked very hard to put together a very important story. Um, was was kind of crapped upon was uh was ignored and not just ignored but were were basic they were being gaslit that's what happened the mainstream pr press the washington post and the new york times never gaslit anyone they were part of the operation what happened this week was the gaslighting mm -hmm. right saying like oh yeah this is all new it's like no, no it's not None of this is new. And the a lot of people that appear to be new, you know. sacrificed a lot. You know, a lot of people sacrificed a lot to be able to bring this information out to people. And to me, it felt like, Lee, they didn't even know the actual story, let alone to be able to say, like, what kind of work did they do to understand the intricacies of the backstory here? Not for a bunch of different reasons. One, they they keep saying our sources are different. Yeah, and so what? Like, great. Do you know that your right. sources are telling you the truth? You can't if well, you didn't I, do I'll, the I'll say yeah. Go ahead. I'll say something about I'll say something about that right off the top. Um and, and that is uh well first of all first of all I should say we should probably distinguish between the between the different bylines. There were three bylines on these stories. Michael Schellenberger, uh, who appears to who runs this uh, Substack public, uh, Mike, uh, Matt Taibbi, and uh, Alex Gutentag. Um, Matt has written about Russiagate for you know for 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 a long time, mm -hmm. so he actually has you know he he has a pretty good grasp of 
of Russiagate. I, I think it's pretty clear Schellenberger does not. Um, I don't know about Alex Gutentag. I know she wrote a little bit for Tablet where I write regularly. But yeah, the idea that the sources are different, well, first of all, that's irrelevant. Second of all, it's not, in my case, it's almost certainly untrue. I, I, I wrote two books based on interviews with House Intelligence Committee um, members and staff. I spoke with virtually everyone. The idea that three stories that are uh, uh, ostensibly about what the House Intelligence Committee found out, it's unlikely um, and almost certainly not true that the sources are different. But again, it's irrelevant. You're saying our sources are new. That's Again, that's not how journalism works. It's like, is the story new? If it's new, you know, then people will recognize it's new. If you're just saying what other people have said before without giving other people um, without giving other people credit, then you're you're lying and charging right? for that, it. It's a simple. It's a simple. Well, that's the other thing. Hmm. We're gonna get. We're gonna get into. Um, we're gonna get into what because I I think the bigger thing here is what this is symptomatic of, but yeah, the charging for it. That's right. People are being billed. People are paying retail prices for secondhand goods. Right. And what, while they're claiming that these are while they're claiming that, no, 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 the, no, these aren't knockoffs that you buy down on Canal Street. This is the real Louis Vuitton stuff. You know, it's it's not. It's, you know, it's, Lee, it's, can you go over for everybody what the story was about or what they're talking about versus what you already like, you know, from your perspective, from what you've already reported and written about, what are they saying is new that we already knew? Well, again, there were th there are three different there are three different stories that were published. The first story that was published, there might be actually something new in the first story, and that would be if we know that um, if they they claim that John Brennan identified twenty six uh, Trump uh, members of the Trump circle uh, in March twenty sixteen and got uh, foreign intelligence services to collect on them. Well. The, the what sticks out to me is what would be important is really okay if john brennan had a list of 26 people that would be a bit that that's interesting it, it's not you know no fun it, it's not fundamental or it's not crucial but it's interesting it's an important detail and as you and i know looking at this stuff for for you know wow seven years nearly eight yeah, seven years. <laughs> Eight years. So, you know, yeah. whenever anyone has a new detail, it's like, whoa, that's cool. That's another piece of this very big puzzle. So if that's true, but the problem is, you know, the the problem is we're going uh, off of sources, and we're we've already seen now how Schellenberger mistreats sources, right, or how he regards sources, because his idea is like, well, our sources are different. Again, probably not. Our sources are different. That's why our story is is groundbreaking. It's like, okay, no, this is that that's not the way it works. So it's very hard to trust their sources. And that's why, again, documentation was so important in reporting Russiagate. Look, a lot of the other stuff in the first story is is not accurate, right? It's like you saw how they identified they were talking about the foreign uh intelligence operatives who were involved in Russiagate. And, and they appear to have identified Stefan Halper as a foreign operative. Stefan Halper is an American, right? He's an FBI confidential human source. He was based in Cambridge, right? He's 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 not a foreigner. The foreigners that we know, right, from foreign intelligence services who were involved in Russiagate, Christopher Steele, right, the former the former M uh, MI6 officer. That's who we know. They claim that Joseph Mifsud is uh, an the the public reporting the reporting that Schellenberger and these guys did claimed that Mifsud is an MI6 officer. Well, again, this is a story I worked on for a long time. I wrote about this in Real Clear Investigations about six years ago, and, and Mifsud was clearly not a Russian agent. The way that the press, uh, the way that the you know Times and the Post claimed, and and, and he associated with a lot of Western intelligence officials. Certainly, he taught at a school in Italy where they taught Western intelligence uh, officers. So it certainly appears that that is what Mifsud is, but we don't know that for a fact. And in fact, that's something that the House Intelligence Committee wanted to know. That was very important to them. Yeah, I know how important it was, to, it was to them and they never found out, right? So again, that would be huge if true. 
It, it's it's a real that's actually a very big deal and it's huge if it's true the problem is you didn't show it you have to show it you can't just go yeah mifsud was an mi6 agent the guy's been no one's spoken to the guy for six years he's been out of sight right a, a lot of people have gone looking for joseph mifsud so just to come up and say joseph mifsud was an mi6 agent that's again that's not this is not a this is not a practice that would have been accepted in the Russiagate corner of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. People mm-hmm. would have said, like, well, OK, you know, I'm willing to believe that. I think it's certainly quite possible. But you got to show me. Yep. Well, what do you what do you got? It's like, well, what about this? Like, yeah, that's what it looks like. But that's not what that's that's not proof. That's just not evidence. So, again, there's a there is a bigger picture here, which which you which you and I should should get into eventually and um whenever you're but, ready but, well, let's just talk yeah well let's just, let's talk about s- some of the other stories i mean the one the one that to me was most egregious was the one that was just published yesterday and this was about about how the um uh about how the uh, brennan john brennan's uh J- john brennan in putting together the intelligence community ins- assessment in 2017 um or was published in 2017 released then Barack Obama ordered it in in December 2016. Um, was was how uh, how the ICA was done by a bunch of handpicked Brennan acolytes, and how they found out that Hillary Clinton uh, actually there was intelligence that they had uh, that that Clinton actually in fact preferred, uh, or rather the Russians actually preferred Hillary Clinton, and this is what they were talking about is a, a new totally unreported story yesterday. I said no. I I reported that, and um, I reported that in my book that was published in October 2020. So this this is not new. And Schellenberger's response on Twitter was again, it's like I'm confident that our our sources are not the same or are different or new, something like that. How again, is he my confident is like, though, Lee? How how does he know who your sources well, are? Well, <laughs> just saying. well. Um. I think that speaks to something else. Uh, I think that's look. I think it's probably evidence of. Uh, I think it's probably probably evidence of malfeasance, right? Um, I, I think it's kind of a tip off that he knew he did something, that he knew he did something wrong, and he knew he was doing something wrong beforehand. I think that's what that is, because the statement makes no sense, right? It's like. Are, are, I'm confident. Well, what does that matter if your point is that this is a story that's never been reported before? Is your point, unless, unless you're promoting a story, so like today for the first time, our sources told us something? It's like that's, but that's no one, no one cares about that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So I think it's, I, I think that response was evidence of bad faith. So here's um, here's the reason that's important to me. And maybe this, I don't want to cut no. you off from your point you were making. No, 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 please. Okay, there's a couple different ways I'm looking at this, just talking with you about it. Number mm. one, they're being used to try and set up a narrative and they don't realize it. And there's some nefariousness behind this that they're not aware they're taking part in. Number two, they're aware of it and there's something else that's, you know, percolating that'll be released or they're just trying to capitalize on the binder theory and the Mar-a-Lago. I don't know. Um, it just seems to me that someone came to them and said, I have all this information that's never been talked about before. Nobody really did the work to see if it had ever been talked about before. Mm. They printed it with anonymous sources and literally zero corroborating evidence that is so, right. like you've said, so crucial in this story in particular. Right. So what do you think right. about that? What what? Which one is it? Well, again, Matt Matt Taibbi Matt Taibbi you know did a lot of RussiaGate stuff, and I think that Taibbi probably has a lot of sources who 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 know some different things. And there were some other sources that they quoted yesterday that we all know. I mean, like we all know Cash, so they yeah. quoted Cash. But I don't know um, if they quoted actually, Cash from an interview they just did with him, or they took that right. from something else. Like that's the way it appeared. Right. To well, me. they. They quoted Michael Flynn too, so you know there were some phone calls that were made. But I ha- I have to say that the fact that they the fact that they they quoted that article where Cash was quoted, and the fact that they um and the fact that they uh, you know did call General Flynn, 
shows me that they were doing reporting up to a point. They didn't want reporting that would cause, they didn't want reporting that would show they weren't doing what they said they were doing, right? If they were going back and finding out what Cash was saying in real clear investigations, then they probably knew that they didn't have the story they said because, because our reporting is public, mm -hmm. right? It's like, wait, didn't, didn't someone, and you know, JC, we saw yesterday on Twitter, like lots of people knew that that this lot, tons of people on Twitter know that all this stuff has been reported before. So they go as far as they can in reporting to make their point, and then they pull up short, then they pull up short and don't report the fact that all the stories that they're pushing out there have already been out there. So I, what's my theory? I'll tell you my theory of the case. It's kind of a long story. Um, but, but it has, it has a, it has a big payoff at the end because it really talks to what, what I think of the, the, what, what, why I think it, why I think it's not just a bunch of Russiagate, uh, fanatics, uh, Russiagate sleuths losing their mind, um, and trying to hold on to their, uh, trying to hold on. Well, first of all, I should say that we all wanted the story out. It's not like anyone wants to just hold on to the story themselves. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants this. Everyone wanted the story out. We all wanted it told in the right way. Mm -hmm. Right. That That's a big thing. And, you know, and we didn't want people inventing stuff and saying this is new when it's not new and saying this is true when either it's not true or you don't have enough evidence to say it's true. Here's here's what I think happened. I think. um you remember with the Twitter files when Matt Taibbi was the first one who was brought in there. Yep. Right. And he did really he did really good work on that. Put out a lot of put out a lot of good stuff. I I I I thought I thought that the Twitter files should have worked on the principle of Russiagate. Frankly, I think a lot of those I think a lot of that stuff should have been made available um, should have been made available to Twitter. Elon Musk should have taken advantage of his new of his new property and said, "Okay, uh, Russiagate fanatics or whoever else, go to it and tell me what you find." I'm sure there were all sorts of legal complications um, that made it impossible to do that, but I thought that that would have been a really ace thing, and it would have, you know, again, it would have really shown off the the great deluxe features of Twitter. But Matt Taibbi went in there and he did a really good job. Um, you know, did did a good job, answered a lot of questions, told some important uh, stories coming out of there, coming out of what he found. Um, then they brought in some other people, including including Michael Schellenberger. And why Schellenberger came in there is unclear. I don't believe that. I mean, Schellenberger had written a couple of books. He'd run for governor of California mm -hmm. a couple times, um, but he he didn't have a reputation as someone who was coming at this, who knew a lot about. Uh, Biden family corruption or the FBI um, or even COVID for that matter. And he was doing some of that stuff. And there are people who've been writing about that a lot, you know, and who know a lot about it. What happened? I, I believe that the people who were brought in there by Elon Musk, they were brought in there. You know, Elon Musk is a, 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 a bunch of uh, tech friends and some of them are some of them are are literate. Some of them read. Right. Um, so I, I believe I believe that that's what happened, that Musk was it, that Musk brought in people. Um, some of his friends told him to bring in. And, and Michael Schellenberger was one of the people who was uh, who's recommended. Now, I believe that what happened was, is that while Schellenberger was in there looking at some of this stuff. And again, you, we've seen some different indications that he didn't really know what he was looking at. So he needed he needed some help. I think that what happened was at a certain point, Schellenberger realized what this meant, what it meant that that basically the FBI had set up shop inside of Twitter. Mm -hmm. Right. What it meant was, is that there were a lot of stories on the right that had been censored, uh, shadow banned or the reach was extremely limited on Twitter. Um, in other words, for a lot of people, these stories were entirely new because they never got out to a whole bunch of people on Twitter, right? And there's a there's an idea, we're hearing people saying, no, it's actually okay what Schellenberger is doing. Um, they're, they're selling, they're getting these stories out to a larger audience on the left. No, no, it's not a larger audience on the left at all. That's not what's happening. It's getting it out to a larger audience, to a larger right 
leaning audience that didn't, for whatever reason, didn't have access to this story before because the FBI was limiting the reach of the story. In effect, Schellenberger is profiting off of a broken information ecosystem on the left. That's what he's doing. A lot of people don't know these stories. Why? Because, again, they didn't have access to it. The FBI, James Baker, of all people, <laughs> James Baker was the general counsel, right? The FBI general counsel. Then he was deputy general counsel during Russiagate, right? Uh, I mean, Comey brought him along with him. That was Baker's job, uh, Baker's job at FBI. And then he goes to Twitter. Well, of course, the reach of Russiagate on Twitter is going to be limited, not just because of James Baker, but because of the dozens of other FBI people who were at Twitter, right? So that's what happened. Schellenberger saw, uh, saw, saw it as a business model. He was going to repackage stories from the right. Now, I don't have, I, I, I've heard from different people in the last few days. I'll need to look at it more closely myself, but I've heard from different people um, that he's done a lot of the same thing with some of the COVID reporting, right? That some of it's not been accurate, that of course he's not giving credit to other people who are writing about all this stuff. I mean, two of the people who were great Russiagate, great Russiagate reporters also have done, and a lot, a lot of people don't know this, but they've done just phenomenal work on COVID and that's Hans Manke and Jeff Carlson. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the stuff they've done on that is just mind blowing. You know, and um, so well, I was banned from social media all through COVID, basically. But I um, I have hundreds of articles on COVID at Uncovered DC, mm. and I've seen that happen as well. So, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's frustrating. So I, I, yeah. Well, I think that I think that's what's happened. I think that's what's happened. And um, uh, I, I, I think it's uh, look, the, the left left media, that's that's not our business, right? That's they, 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 it's not media, as we've spoken about many times, the left media, it's an information operation. We have to worry about, and this is why Devin keeps talking about Truth Social, why Truth Social is so important. And General Flynn has talked about this too, right? I mean, communications is so important. Communications is the heart of everything. Mm -hmm. First of all, we need important, I mean, I remember writing the plot against the president in one of the, one of the later chapters saying, you know, at this point, anyone who puts their, uh, anyone who puts their faith um, in the media is is risking the fate of, of 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 themselves and their families and their communities. I mean, you you simply can't trust these people. And this was before COVID. And sure enough, if you if if you um, if you're someone who put your faith in mainstream reporting during COVID, um, you 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 may be praying. You may have paid a a, a terrible price for that. And and certainly we saw that. If it, we, we saw what happened with the. The mainstream media pushing for lockdown so it's a very very destructive force but that's you know whatever it's we're fighting them but our thing is we have to have our own communications channels we have to make sure that these things are clean and legitimate and what happened yesterday is more evidence that the that our information ecosystem on the right is is uh is is badly damaged if not broken Right. And so there are people right now who are stepping into it and they're profiting off of it. Right. It, it, it's you, we see people on the Twitter saying on, on the Twitter, on Twitter <laughs> saying, um, saying, well, we're at the stage. And it's it's a it's a funny phrase and it's kind of accurate saying we're at the the uh, the looting the Treasury phase. And, and that's correct. But we have people in right wing media who are Treasury looters. Right. That's what they're doing. There are people who are saying all these instant. There are people who recognize that all these institutions are broken and they're profiting off of it. So that's what's happening. That's what Michael Schellenberger is basically doing. And there's lots of others. It's going on throughout right wing media. I mean, some of the funding behind some of the stuff that's going on is disgusting. I mean, one of the things that I've been paying a lot of attention to at Tablet. Tablet is a you know Jewish publication out of New York. Um, one of the things that I've been paying attention to is a lot of the it's not anti-Israel stuff. It's, it's a lot of anti-Semitism on the right from 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 big influencers. I mean, some of the stuff, for instance, that Candace Owens has been saying is is shocking. There are other people, and 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 again, anti-Semitism. The the big thing the big thing about anti-Semitism is this: the most important thing to understand is is that 
Look, the Jews can take care of themselves. In Israel, the Jews have a very powerful army, right? The Jews can take care of themselves. The problem with anti-Semitism is that it rots at the brain of the country in which it takes root, right? That Germany, in a sense, doesn't really exist, right? That's that's the issue, that it destroys the brains of people. It destroys people's brains. So insofar, and you see different people on Twitter, it's like, oh, I've discovered the secret. Let me tell you what's going on. It's really the Jews. It's like, okay, look, let me tell you something, my friend. Anti-Semitism has been around for a long time. And the idea that you think that you found the secret to America's problems and it happens to be the Jews, this is this is a, 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 a this you have athletes foot of the brain, right? This has been <laughs> circulating since the beginning of mankind or not quite the beginning of mankind, but for thousands of years, anti-Semitism. This is happening on the right. So uh, again, what we're watching is a broken right-wing media ecosystem and it's very bad and it's very dangerous and it's our uh it's our responsibility i think and um your your viewers too your viewers more uh, perhaps even more so but to to demand accountability you know to demand accountability of journalists to make sure that their communication system is working well we need it right and and if you go to the furthest extent of this, when you hear people saying like, wow, we're at war, all these different things are happening. Well, what's a really important thing, you know, when you're in the middle of a conflict? Communications. You need to hear from your leaders. You need to hear. And of course, this is why they threw Donald Trump off of Twitter, right? This was, this was a military move, throwing Donald Trump off of Twitter and Facebook. We're going to cut the leadership off from its followers. That That's what that was, right? And again, that was that. That's why Truth Social and Rumble, by the way, I know we're showing on Rumble. Yes. Why Truth Social and Rumble are so important, right? To have that communications ecosystem. And you know, with Rumble, look at how hard. You know, you've got Devin at Truth Social. You've got uh, Chris Pavlovsky at Rumble, mm -hmm. fighting hard to make sure that we keep this communications um, information stream clean. So. Um, I, I, but, but, I think does that, this, does, does, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying that that to me, that's what to me, that's what happened this week. We saw more evidence. We saw more evidence of the uh, the brokenness of the right, uh, the right wing media and um, media infrastructure. A guy a guy gets on there and says, I got totally new stories for you. Um, I got totally new stories for you about Russiagate and uh, pay to read them. Like, they're not new. People have to pay to read them. Um, the, I'll say one thing, though. I'll say one thing, this, which might be, which might seem, uh, which might seem counterintuitive. We're not counterintuitive, but but weird. So there is, there is one good piece of news about this, but again, it points to a broken ecosystem. In 2020, um, in the run-up to the election, the run-up to the 2020 election, that Fox News kept off a whole bunch of different people. I, I know that in 2019, I mean, one of the reasons, you know, that plot against the president was a big success. Well, of course, Amanda Milius made her great movie, but also, you know, but Devin was on, Devin was on TV all the time, on yep. Fox all the time. And so he got to talk about plot against the president. And then I was invited on and got to talk about it. In 2020, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I made, was on very little and Devin was on, Devin was on very little as well. Um, I mean, of, of course, but Devin's the tell because Devin was the you know ranking member of House Intelligence. But but Fox rarely, rarely brought on Devin. And what that indicated was there was an effort to keep pro-Trump people uh, or a lot of pro-Trump people stayed off of stayed off of stayed off of what was at the time the battleship of conservative media. So the fact it might not have been say? so much that they were Trump people and more that they were exposing the media's bosses. Right. Like, you know, every time Sarah Carter and um, and John Solomon would go on Hannity, the, the you know, everything, the world would explode. And then all of a sudden that just that just stopped when we really got right. close. When we were like right. right there. And then, of course, you know, they had the Durham investigation to whitewash the entire thing. 
Um, and now all of a sudden it's being trotted back out again in this blackout. That's the thing that kind of gets me, right? Lee, for, for seven years or whatever, all of these people, everybody out yeah. there did all this work. Some people like you were, were lucky enough to get a Fox News hit. I had never even heard of Michael Schellenberger before the Twitter files. I didn't know who he was. And all of a sudden, he's just like calling up Jesse Waters like, hey, let me come on and talk about this breaking news story that we just discovered all of a sudden. Um, This whole binder thing, there's more to it for me than that. Like, I feel like there's there's more to it than than what we're talking about here. Yes, I believe and agree with everything you just said, but... This missing um, declassified, because it was declassified, no matter how much they want to argue the CIA told them no, the president declassified what was technically supposedly in the binder, correct? Well, they they really they really um, jumbled that story up because they were talking about a couple different documents here. Mm -hmm. One document they were talking about, which was in the story yesterday, uh, House Intelligence Committee had a report on. they had to report on the CIA, but it was specifically about this. The CIA report is specifically about what John Brennan and the CIA, there was only a few people, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't the regular Russia people. It was people that Brennan again handpicked um, to put together the ICA claiming that Donald Trump was, uh, you know, that Donald, that Vladimir Putin elected Donald Trump. That was the, so Hipsy had a report on that. They wanted that declassified. Sheena Haspel fought it. Sheena Haspel blocked this again and again. She made threats. So that's one of the things that they, that one of, that's one of the things. There's another thing as well, which was in a story, the story that they published, I guess it was Wednesday. Yeah. About um, whether or not Donald Trump has taken, um, has taken all of the, all of the crossfire hurricane documents He declassified them as he was leaving office. Mark Meadows, as John Solomon reported, Mark Meadows um, handed them back and uh, (laughs) asked for the asked for asked for asked for DOJ to go through their final uh, final redactions quickly and to release them promptly uh, in accordance with the in accordance with the orders of the President of the United States, Donald Trump. And of course, DOJ did nothing of the sort. So uh, I'm, I'm giving the I'm giving the, the background here. So the idea is, is that Donald Trump has a copy of all the documents he asked uh, that he that he declassified and that Meadows sent back to DOJ um, and uh, and that he took these to Mar-a-Lago. He has them in Mar- he had them in Mar-a-Lago with him. And, and this is what the FBI was looking for. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I lots of people have reported this story, including me. Right. So the idea, again, that this is new, it's it's not new, that this is a lot of people have reported this story. Um, and, and and so, again, th- this is it's not clear whether or not Trump has them. There are lots of people who believe, no, Donald Trump does not have those documents. I mean, I think it'd be great if he does, um, but but it's not clear. So they're confusing that thing, which we kind of call a, the binder or a folder. Um, but there are lots of people who who believe he does have those documents and very serious people. Um, so they confuse the binder with this hipsy report on what the CIA did with the intelligence community assessment. And the other so. thing that got me is that they're reporting about that binder or folder and who has it and who doesn't. But they're reporting. We talked to five sources who said they did have that he did have it and five sources who said that he didn't. That's basically telling us this nothing. Like, yeah. why are you even saying it? Like, I wouldn't include that at that point because clearly right. there's zero consensus and five and five say no and yes. Right. Well, because uh, because again, that this is... <clears throat> what, what you said, there are a lot of people who are very suspicious about Schellenberger right now. Um, and that's because having read these stories, they see that there's nothing new in them. So the question is, if there's nothing new in these stories, why is this being pushed out now? Mm-hmm. And I understand that suspicion. It's like, it, this must be an op if there's nothing new. And they they brought this upon themselves, right? By pushing out these stories um, with nothing new in them or with nothing new that they can actually prove with documentary or with a source going on the record. 
if if you can't do that, then you know, then it, it looks well. It's not really all that new, so it, it, it's kind of tough to do that. And so people are are um, again, people are rightly suspicious. Again, my sense is that what what my sense is that he's printing money. That's what's going on. Right. Is that the reason that they're the reason they keep push that he keeps pushing out these different stories? Because, you know, you and I talked about this, I think when Tuesday, when it came out, it's like, this is so sloppy. It's like, why are they going so fast? Yep. Why are they going so fast with stories that have been out there for seven years? No one's everyone else who worked on these stories is really working on something else now. Right. Everyone is working on something else. So it's not like they're in the race. It's not like I have to beat. Uh, Sarah Carter to the punch on this, right? Yeah. So wh- take your time, get the details right, um, get it all straight. Why rush it out? What, what's what's the hurry? Right, why rush it out? And so that raises questions. People are like, why rush it out? What kind of op is this setting On Fox out? News with get- seven minute hits with Jesse Waters of all, you know what I mean? It's right. just- Right. So, right. So people are watching and saying again, and people are rightly suspicious. And you know, and, and I think people are, I'm I'm glad that since Russiagate, um, Tracy, uh, conservative media consumers have are 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 right to look for uh, to look for why something is happening. If something sit, smells fishy, they're right to ask questions for that. And I'm very I'm I'm glad, and I'm glad that the work you did and the work I, I did, and glad that the work all the Russiagate people did has contributed to that because that's what we need. We need, uh, you know, skeptical news consumers. So that's really, that's really great. Again, my reading of this is, is that my reading of this is that there's not, it's possible. It's certainly possible, but my reading of it is again, he's, he's, he's just moving quickly because he's printing money, right? Why is he in a hurry? Because it's, because it's broken. And a lot of people don't know when everything is going to fall all together. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason for the hurry. Again, I, I, I think it's I think it's nasty. Um, I think it's I think it's nasty and it's cruel. I think it's taking advantage of people. It's taking advantage of it's taking advantage of the part of the country whose family members were rounded up after January 6th. Right. It's taking advantage of the part of the country that the president, that the president of the United States calls domestic terrorists. It's taking advantage of the part of the country that for many that, that for many reasons uh, correctly feels terrorized. Right. We, we can't go out. What, what, what if we're to go out and protest how we're being treated? You saw what they did with January 6th protesters. And so that's what Schellenberger is doing. He's he 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 sees this. He sees this pool, um, this part of the country, as suckers. They they've been broken, um, that that uh, not broken. They've been hurt, right? They've been attacked. They've been under siege for the last seven years, and Schellenberger sees them as weak. And now he sees he can, he can take money off them. And again, he's 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 not the only one. There's lots of people. There's lots of people in the right wing media uh, sector. Who are doing the same right now? Who are taking look? I mean, all, all the time. I mean, I mean, you, you know, we're, we're seeing big names out there just making like, you know, nutty zany claims, and I, that's not how media is supposed to work, right? You get on there and you make some big enormous claim. You know, again, as you and I said, you know, I'm willing to believe that's true, but you got to show me. Yeah. You got to prove that to me. It's not just because it's the right wing. Because that's the way America's supposed to go. Tell me what you're saying, please, is grounded in fact. I know that we often vote just emotionally. I love the way that Donald Trump talks. It's great. It's funny. He's hysterical. He's a great entertainer. He would have been a great member of the Rat Pack. Fantastic. He would have outshone probably even Frank. It would have been great. But the real reason you like Donald Trump is because of the different policies. Or, or you know, and, and, but I, I don't mean to make this about Trump. You know, what I'm saying is, is that it's about we have to ground our lives. We have to ground our media, our journalism, in fact. And when people get get up there and say things that are totally unmoored from reality, it's like, okay, you're you're just taking advantage of people. You're basically playing for the other side. Right. If Barack Obama has been going after Americans for seven years 
right? To break Americans. Call, you know, we've been calling it a campaign of demoralization, desecration, uh, disorientation, right? If you're playing in his wake, right, by going after a public, uh, a, a part of the country, half of the country that has been hurt by these people, and if you're just further wounding them by lying to them or making stuff up or spinning it, you're on the other side. That's it. You're just on the other side and and you're profiting. You might not be taking political power like bra like the Obama faction, but you're profiting. You're making money and it's very sick and very disgusting. And that's why, again, it's it's not just about media, what people do for a living. It's not just about social media. It's about how we get on in our lives. It's about how we understand reality. It's about how we make the right decisions for our families, for our communities, and for our country. If people are just going to BS us and people are just going to spin us up and go like, well, another uh, another $9.99 per month. Thank goodness. Look at this. Another $9.99. You know, that's um, it's especially there's a large element of that in American history, but it's bad. Especially right? like a lot of a lot of us, 99% of us never put any of this for for sale. I, I, I and right. you know, maybe that makes us dumb, Lee. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe that makes me stupid. I'm not sure. I have a question for you. What have you been working on since the last time we spoke? Is there anything new to no. report on Spygate? Um, what have you learned? Anything new at all? Or are you just on different different roads now? Um, it's not it's the important thing about the important thing about Spygate, uh I was talking to Seb Gorka yesterday. He calls it Obamagate. Russiagate, I, I typically call it Russiagate. I think the important thing, there are different details that come out. So yeah, I am working on something kind of, uh, kind, kind, it's kind It's kind of, it's not an update. It's a, sort of everything that's happened. Um, sort of everything that's happened, not just since 2020, it, it's what's happened since 2020 and plus, um, another look at what started to happen in 2017, right? I'm not so interested in the Clinton part of Russiagate anymore. I'm interested in the Obama part of Russiagate. I mean, I think Obama's in it from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I have to say another thing that, another thing that's, that's strange about, that's strange about these, about these three, about these three pieces that came out. It's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff about John Brennan and Hillary Clinton, but you know, after all this time, I mean, a lot of people, we've all recognized that Barack Obama is absolutely in the center of this. Yeah. So why Barack Obama was, you know, was, I mean, I'm not even sure how much Obama was mentioned in these three pieces this week. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're going to talk about Brennan, you have to talk about Obama. Right. The communication there was all, like, right. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's strange. Look, I mean, one of the most, well, here's something, here's something for me that was really um, I went back and I looked more and more at Bill Barr's role. Um, and, uh, you know, because when Barr was first appointed, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how you felt about it, but I was enthusiastic. Me too. I think a lot of people were, were enthusiastic. I think, you know, I mean, I certainly remember undercover Uber was enthusiastic and he was kind of my, you know, he was my North star for so many different things. Um, and, you know, over time we became disappointed. Pointed, and then um, you know, and then the different things that Barr has been saying and doing since Donald Trump, uh, since Donald Trump was basically pushed out of the White House and and pushed out of you know, I mean they they tried to disappear the president, uh, you know that's that's one way to look at it. But I, I've gone back and I've I've looked at at Barr's history, and I have to say, had I known more about what Barr had done beforehand, I'm like. Oh boy, he, this does not seem like a great, you know. You know who was person. saying it? Who was screaming it from the rooftops? Conservative Treehouse was screaming it from the rooftops when it yeah. happened. And all of us were kind of like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great pick because we thought. Yeah. And truthfully, if we're, I have to be honest about this. None of the picks that Donald Trump made were good. Very few. Um, very few. And for whatever the reasons those were. The only good thing I think that came out of the Bar Justice Department was the case of General Flynn and the, you know, yeah. not deciding not to continue with the case against him, I think was the best right. thing that came out 
of that. Yeah, that that's a, that's a, that was a good thing. Except, however, why not? You know, I, I mean, General Flynn is now, you know, bringing his case against FBI and DOJ. But why didn't the DOJ? Why didn't why didn't the, why didn't the DOJ do something about the people who did that to General Flynn at that's the time? That's asking too much. And William, <laughs> right? And William Barr. Well, yeah, right, right. Um, and William Barr could have done that. Look, I, I'll say something about I'll, I want to say something about Donald Trump's personnel choices, because I think that this is important. Um, I mean, another project I'm working on is China stuff. And actually, Donald Trump put together a really pretty good China team. And even the people even the people who disappointed um, Americans on other things were pretty OK on China. But more importantly, there was this. Someone was just telling me the other day, uh, a source of mine, totally different. From Michael Schellenberger's <laughs> sources, uh, a, a, a friend who who worked in the White House, but who also worked on the House Intelligence, uh, he was an investigator with the House Intelligence Committee. He said, um, "He said, well, you know, an important thing that happened. He said Chris Christie was supposed to really Chris Christie was supposed to really run the transition, and um, and 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 set everything up, and he totally he totally screwed up the job." And because Christie screwed up the job, that's when they had to really rely on the RNC. And that's when they brought in Rince Priebus, uh, Rince Priebus as chief of staff. And, you know, this is not to exculpate Donald Trump. He was the commander in chief. He made a lot of bad choices. But I'm saying this started off badly at the beginning, right, with um, with 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 people whom he trusted making bad, making bad decisions and bad choices on purpose. Now, I would argue oh, they did it I, on purpose. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh! I think I think that's absolutely right. They they definitely did it on purpose, right? It wasn't it wasn't right. I I I don't I don't think it was a mistake that Chris Christie, um, you know, that Chris Christie didn't do the job he was supposed to do, or that Rents Priebus uh, was a fairly. And I'm surprised about this stuff. I mean, we're learning stuff all the time. I think that Rents Priebus was probably you probably know a lot more about this than me. But that Rents Priebus, especially when it came to General Flynn's case, was uh, was not a helpful figure. There were a lot of people, I would just say, Lee, uh, go back and read the 302s. Um, go back and read the 302s from the Mueller investigation. Um, something just popped up before we let everybody go today. I want to show everyone. It's on the screen right now. Just now, well, last night, actually, SEC clears Trump's social media deal worth as much as $10 billion. The U.S. SEC yeah. allowed Donald Trump's media and tech company to merge with a blank check acquisition vehicle in a deal that currently values the parent of his social media app, Truth Social, at as much as $10 billion. So that was something that was hotly contested for a long time. So, I mean, that's a that's a plus. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's that's. That's very big, and that's very important going into an election going into election year. Um, you know, and that SEC story. Well, it's, I'll tell you, I'm work. I'm so the the project that I'm working on now, again coming up to 2020, it's it tells the story of Truth Social, right? It tells the so that that's part of the story. And boy, there's some just insane details of what was going on at the SEC and the people who are at the SEC. Um, that's going to be like, a good uh, one. Yeah. So, um, did do you know, for instance, that Peter Strzok's wife, Melissa Hodgman, works at the SEC? Yes, I knew that from back then, but I yeah. did never put two and two yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so it never stops. See, I mean, the the reason, and here's the other reason, uh, Tracy. It's gone so quickly. I didn't even know we've been going this long. I just looked at at my clock too. Yeah. The, the re, you know, Cash Cash Patel, he keeps saying it all goes back to Russiagate. And it does all go back to Russiagate. And and what what I mean by that, what I mean by that is, you know, the subtitle of my book, uh, uh, how, how Congressman Devin Nunes uncovered the biggest political scandal in U.S. history. And, you know, I, 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 I can still make the case why it's the biggest scandal in U.S. political history, except after the 2020 election. We saw what happened with that after, um, you know, uh, January 6th. I, I mean, you know, rolling up, uh, you know, rolling up political, rolling up political opponents and putting them. We've seen a lot of very big political scandals, en enormous political scandals in this country that are just, you know, jaw dropping. The important thing about Russiagate is Russiagate shows us the template clearly, right? 
it's the media, um, it's uh, intelligence services, and it's political operatives. That that's the core of Russiagate right there. And and Tracy, I think that your work, I I think the work of everyone uh, who's worked on Russiagate uh, from you know across the spectrum from anons on Twitter to people uh, to Fox News contributors like Molly Hemingway. I think that what everyone who's worked in, on Russiagate has shown is that you need to understand this. You need to understand the cru the crux of what happened with Russiagate, right? Again, the media, the intelligence services and political operatives. And as we know, it's not just the Democratic Party. Nope. It's the Republican yep. Party, large parts of the Republican Party as well. So Cash says it all starts with Russiagate, meaning one thing, I think. Um, and and I, I, I see it in that way, but also I see it in a fundamental way, too, that to understand what Russiagate is, what happened with Russiagate, the scale of the corruption, the number of people involved, it's really vital for people to understand. And so while you and I and a lot of our friends are right to be angry and frustrated with what happened this week, well, our, our, our work is solid, right? Our work is solid. All we're gonna do is add to our work so we have nothing to worry about that. The important thing to keep in mind is gotta know what happened with Russiagate to understand what's likely to happen um, what's likely to happen in the coming months, especially heading into 2024, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. This is, it's really important to see this clearly. Look, this is what, this is something that these guys at public could, could have been doing. This is something that this guy, that Michael Schellenberger could be doing. Well, what's in the works for 2024? Instead of, um, instead of muddying the waters about what happened in 2016 and uh, 2017. So well, that's my... Um, it's been great to talk to you for an hour about this. I mean, me and you have been going back over the past couple of days. I've been pretty beside myself because um, it's it again. They're not doing it justice. And that's the thing that, that gets me the most. You guys can go ahead. I just want to say be mad for your audience. Right. Right. Yes. Be mad for your audience that that the that that what was done was to, was to corrupt right was to complicate and corrupt the story your work tracy like everyone's work on this is solid and will last right that's the thing it's like as a journalist all you have you're talking about we're talking about monetizing stuff as a journalist finally all you have is is your reputation right the work that you produce that's it if you produce garbage work people start people get the message like all right forget it Smart I, people I, I don't forget it so you you are we're all right to be mad for the american public for our readers who were you know who were uh not compromised but they they were picked upon yes they looked like a, they they looked like an easy target so mike and michael schellenberger said how am i going to monetize fear uh fear and anger and that's what he did he put out these. He 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 repackaged. He repackaged stories that already exist and said, "Here's your fear and anger. How about that?" So that 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 that's who we should be uh, angry for, not for the work that we did, not for the work that all of our colleagues did, but for um, but for people who need to know the truth. They need to understand what's happening and how we move forward. Um, hopefully as a country, but certainly as a very large, um, large pro-America, America-loving community. Yeah, my whole show on Monday was about, uh, on Wednesday was about the power of you. This, our work never would have gone anywhere if it weren't for all those people out there that actually shared it and cared about it and invested themselves in it and also joined in. So Lee, God bless you. I'm glad to talk to you again. We have to go for lunch soon. It's really only you, Tracy. two hours away. I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe if maybe, that maybe the maybe the next maybe the next couple maybe the next couple months we'll get up there. I just actually I, you know I, we're, we're dying to see you, and I don't want to be I don't want to be in in your in your neck of the woods in the summer. And our neck of the woods in the summer is <laughs> full of tourists too. Yeah. We won't. It'll take it'll it'll be a six hour trip if we go up there in July. Yes, do it so. do it April May. 
Do it April, May. All right, and... that'd be great. <laughs> All right, well, guys, we will be back on Monday. Thanks for listening. And um, if you want to check out Lee, you can go to um, him. You can visit him on Twitter. It's at Lee Smith DC. And then he um, has pinned at the top there a link to get his books, which if you haven't read already, you need to read immediately. Um, also, Truth Social. Truth oh, yeah, Social. Truth Social. At, from at Lee Smith. So let's promote. I want to promote Truth Social and Rumble because it is great news that Truth Social now, that Truth Social now got through. That's great news. Here. So, at Lee Smith, Truth Social. At Lee Smith on Truth Social. We're streaming proudly live on Rumble right now as we do every day. So, we'll see you on uh, on Monday. <laughs>